Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, a part of the amazing FBA family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader, co-hosted by myself, Michael Vizi, and Jason Miles, top 1% Shopify store owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving e-commerce business, look for The E-Commerce Leader on your favorite podcast app and subscribe today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven and eight figure Amazon sellers, whether you're based in the UK, US, Australia, to name but a few places where we have quite a few listeners now. Welcoming back to the show, an old friend of the show really now, Kanak Agra of rural handmade which he calls variously the alibaba for handmade or the one i prefer etsy for businesses so much classier so welcome back to the show Kalak. thank you michael for having me again and um, where are you coming to us from today uh based out of london uk excellent yeah me too so just down the road from each other um so we actually originally met in person which seems like an ancient idea now <laughs> and here we are on zoom like everyone else and of course although you're in london i know you've lived in lots of places internationally and one of the things your company is very much in touch with is what's going on in the indian subcontinent in the broader sense because that's where you guys source a lot of stuff so let's start off by asking some of the stuff that's going to get the most out of date quickly and then we'll get some more evergreen stuff hopefully the first thing is Tell me a little bit about what your perceptions of what's going on on the ground with suppliers of uh, physical goods for e-commerce in India, because obviously they've been somewhat hit by COVID, apart from the USA, possibly one of the worst sets of stats that I've seen. Uh, so what's going on on the ground there? Right. So, so to begin with, the, the tagline is, is actually a lot better than what you probably read in the news. I think India, unlike a lot of other countries like the US or the UK, the essential services were you know, running fine. The public transport was running as well. But in India and the Indian subcontinent, it was a really strong, hard lockdown. So public transport was shut down. You literally could not go out. Now, that was a problem because a lot of businesses really could not either have people come to the factories and the, and the working spaces, or they could not even move stuff like raw materials to commission designs or to ship the products that they've made. Now, what really happened, that, that wasn't the worst thing that happened. The worst thing that happened was big companies cancelled orders with a lot of you know, factories, a lot of uh, small businesses that we work with. Now, the way this works is you, you cancel a big order and usually through the process of contractors and subcontractors, it's not just one factory, but a series of small businesses which are you know, auxiliary services for the main factory get affected. And that had, had a major economic impact what also happened was a lot of disruptions around, you know, the the, the Aussie people in general moving from, you know, the bigger cities back to their villages because they could not afford to pay rent. And, you know, it, it was really bad. You know, the, the government did what they could, but without trying to be political about it, they, they, there was room to do more. Having said that, I think in the second lockdown, which is, you know, the, the more softer one, the government, just like everybody else, learned a lot from the previous one. And then they, you know, kept the businesses open. They understood that these are the, this is the, you know, the the, the blood veins of the economy. So they they were working through restrictions. They were working with all the precautions. And 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 I have to give it to these smaller community businesses where they actually quickly transformed. 
and adapted to the new, you know, COVID world that we kind of currently live in. So in conclusion, everything is great. You know, all the transactions are back in place. The economy is, is bouncing decently well. The handmade sector has actually been a lot busier. I'm just talking about sheer numbers. We know we work with a lot of factories and a lot of communities, and they've been really busy. And I would say partly it has to do with the global, you know, anti-globalization in a sense that people are saying, you know what, enough of one country dominating the global market. Tariffs have played an important role as well. And also, thanks to the governments uh, in Europe and in the US, you know, a lot of small businesses have uh, the cash flow to kind of experiment and they are going out to Nepal, to India to see, you know, how can they use, you know, basic technology and basic, uh, you know, communication tools to reach out and see if they can actually build partnerships. So, yeah, a lot of good changes in, in spite of COVID. Interesting. So it sounds overall quite a positive picture. Obviously, we're, we're recording this at the tail end of 2020, and I guess it's probably going to come out sometime early 2021. So it's been a tough year for, for India as everyone else, but it sounds like things are back in business and the handmade sector is busier than ever. So let's get back to the, the essentials of what you do, which is obviously sourcing handmade products on behalf of brands. And in fact, it's probably worth you defining exactly what it is you do these days. I mean, what would you say is the essence of what you do? Right. So, you know, essentially what we are really trying to do is solve a really simple problem, which is what small businesses have, which is, you know, it's a difficult space to be in. You know, it's very difficult to compete. There's so many brands, so many big brands. Fundamentally, we are giving small businesses the same supply chain as the big companies have, right? And the whole idea being that we believe with the way internet has democratized the society, you could also become a brand which is value-driven and can compete with the big companies and be, you know, be very vocal and, and, and prove that your brand is actually doing great for the society and for the consumers. And that's very much on trend. It's interesting that you were you were mentioning the trend of one of the things that you think has helped the Indian and, and indeed other global handmade sectors bounce back. But you kind of can't help talking about India because apart from anything else, it's just got a huge percentage of the world's population, right? But it's obviously the anti-globalization idea, the tariffs on China, and the idea also of getting away from mega factories producing plastic stuff that is neither environmentally friendly nor very attractive in any kind of sort of ethical way either. So yeah, it's very much on trend with with the way things are going for consumers and the sort of noises i guess from the governments as well isn't it i mean the, the british government's talking about greening itself it's kind of be associated with something vaguely positive i guess other than brexit and covid <laughs> this year and the u.s government's probably going to be doing that biden as well i guess and under trump it was very sort of anti-chinese tariff so either which way there's lots of trends which handmade fits into it seems to me so how are people actually using the handmade thing in in your experience this year what's what are the sort of trends that you're seeing and observing with your customers our new partner for today's episode is ovals the stock management experts according to retail dive e-commerce store owners lost 22 billion dollars in sales because of being out of stock 15 percent of consumers actually switched sites to buy the item if they encountered an out of stock product online don't let that be your customer ovals can help you avoid these mistakes with Ovals, you can check for stock errors and improve inventory accuracy to increase sales. Ovals want to help you grow your sales with a free inventory accuracy cheat sheet. All our listeners will get two months of an Ovals paid plan for free. 
You can get your free months by visiting ovals.io forward slash amazing FBA. That's O-V-A-L-Z dot I-O forward slash amazing F for Freddie, B for Bertie, A for Alpha. Right, so I think there are, there are a few trends that I can actually share with you. One of the trends that I've seen is I think the whole gifting and the giving industry is being completely disrupted now. I think gift industry in such has now become the pioneer for, for sustainability. We have seen a massive increase in the number of brands who've been actually you know, approaching and saying, you know, we need products that have a story that bring value, that is you know, positive for the society and you know, supports charities and great for the environment. And, and that exactly is what everybody's talking about. And I think this is great. So handmade and creating all these valuable products in the gifting category is one of the major you know, growth sectors that we have seen within the sector. Excellent. And you got to say that has got to be a good thing as well. For It's nice to feel good at work as well as just making some money. And I like the fact that there's a pressure on us to do the right thing these days, actually. It kind of feels better than just whacking out plastic witches from China, which I've done as well as anyone else. And it doesn't ever feel particularly special for me personally when you were doing that. So tell me what's going on in terms of the, you know, what, what are people aiming to achieve these days? So you've got sustainability, provenance, I guess is the word I would call it. So people want to know where it's from. They want to know that it's ethically produced that's helping the producers what are the what are what are people trying to achieve at the other end of the marketplaces with that when they sell these things right so i think there are there, there multiple things. Uh, one of the things that we've seen is that i think brands are genuinely trying to be in sync with the customer needs and the customers are now in ever so increasingly you re- read any report online and it'll talk about you know consumers are driving this renaissance of you know positive impact and 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 having said that i think if you if you think about it gifting and you know you know things that people have cherished for generations i'm talking about thousands of years back have always been handmade it was just a small batch of maybe what 200 years you know just about industrialization and and just now that we've had such a easy access to things that we don't need and we buy them because they're cheap and that is now something which is kind of hitting us back. COVID is just the, the first thing that's happened. You know, if you look around, uh, just just to look around and see the number of uh, you know hurricanes and floods and you know these uh, unprecedented rains that we have seen, uh, really tells us you know we really have to change our habits. I have to give it uh, to the Generation Z, which are really young people, probably born after two thousand, that they are driving the change and they're really creating this you know, a noise in the household of why are we purchasing this and who's making it. And and and, and that synergy and that symbiosis that we see, I think really makes us believe that, you know, the business that we're doing is is definitely what is needed right now. Wow. I always like that the fact that you're a bit of a man on a mission as well as a businessman. And uh, yeah, it's a very positive thing. So coming back to slightly more hard-edged uh, commercial realities then. So what are the ways in which people are using uh, handmade goods? It's got this great sort of feel-good factor around it. It's in sync with where the consumers are going, possibly driven by the Generation Z or Generation Z. You know, famous people like Greta Thunberg or however you say her name. Obviously the wrong generation to know. But how's that showing up in, in the actual marketplace these days? Right. So, but as far as Amazon is concerned, I think a lot of brands are just, you know, selling these under the three main categories, which is living, giving, and dining, which, you know, it's about 90% of what we have been doing till now. In addition to that, as we've been discussing and we've seen with some of our partners is that they have 
actually been using their supply chain and products to reach out to wholesalers, reach out to you know charities and and companies that are doing corporate gifting, because this is not just restricted to one particular marketplace, but rather this is a generational change that we've seen. In addition to that, I think the beauty of handmade has always been lower quantities, higher ability to bring in variations and changes, and which basically means it's a process of iterations. You know, we all know it very well. Amazon business is all about iterating and, and trying new products, experimenting with new keywords. Because it's such a big uh, you know, repository now, it is very difficult to break through. But you you just have to be persistent, keep launching, discarding things that don't work. And and that I think is just a beauty because you know we have we have cases in which we've actually done or shipped SKUs of as low as like 50. And 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 th- things like these are actually unheard of in in an Amazon world, where they say, how did you manage to get a manufacturer to convince them to get to a, such a low quantity? But I, I, I keep saying them, I think it's all about relationship. We have some really strong relationships. We work really closely with them. A part of our job is also to make them understand the bigger picture, how big Amazon is and how transformative it can be for small businesses. And, and you know, having said that, I mean, of all the negative things about Amazon, Amazon uh, is an exceptional brand in a way that it does give a, a equitable supply chain to a lot of small businesses who you know otherwise could not really make use of it you know and and that that is a great part you know from i wouldn't say really amazon does it but it, this is what technology is enabled for all of us that's true and to be fair amazon specifically has enabled it it's given us access to its amazing fba centers hence the name of the podcast if you're watching the video that fba is built into the name because I think in itself FBA is an extraordinary set of things to put available to pretty much anyone in the world. And Amazon as a whole is is a thing itself. As you say, it's not just Amazon's technology, but yeah, it's true. Lest we forget, we pay a bit of a price for being on there sometimes, but at least we get let through the door, even though we've got to wipe our feet and be very, very careful not to annoy the master of the house. Okay, great. So yeah, I, I think that I would like to just kind of wrap this up as a general sort of segment and then we'll talk about much more specific things in our next episode but what would you say are the trends that you see in the intersection of Royal Handmade and Amazon going into 2021 and beyond? Well I think uh, for, for us from the trends that we've seen I think and even Amazon is actually from the look of it looks like is, is, is trying to come into the market is one I would say is is fashion Amazon is actually actively looking at how to actually get small businesses that make these wonderful, unique things, and 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 make them as a make it as an offer for their customers and consumers. And uniqueness is something which we have seen, you know, come really strongly in Amazon. So I, I think there were times when Amazon would would not want you to be unique, but that's has, that has changed now, and it has really uh, changed the algorithms for. Really helping businesses and 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 you know help them showcase you know different set of products that otherwise would never really sell on Amazon. The other thing is that I think for for us really in the category that we are in, which is living, giving, and dining, this is just going to keep increasing. I think people really want to buy things and and and, and make make sure that they are personal to them rather than they are being generic. And the final thing is is just the value or or the kind of positive impact the the product really creates. So a lot of people. That, that we have seen is that, that the brand has to, you know, uh, transmit a story good enough for people to buy. And so, you know, just as the brand registry, which is what all of our partners have, uh, really, really creates a, a, an impact. 
Yeah, I guess the overall message I'm getting from you is that, you know, handmade is, is doing well despite the COVID restrictions. And I guess that the sort of distributed nature of what people do makes it rather more proof than other things, a sudden lockdown if you've got things very concentrated in one place. But then also the positive things I'm getting really is that Amazon's making it more attractive. They, they're on board of this trend. People want something unique, which is definitely hard to do with a mass-produced product, of course. And then the last thing is that wish to have story and provenance is, is really a thing that a Royal Handmade is, is giving you. So interesting. It's always been an interesting area to me. I, as you say, the MOQs, you can get a minimum order quantity of 50. What it means is you could you could be cheapskate and just get 50, or you could order 10 different products, just 50 each. And then it, then it starts to be a way of developing a business from the very beginning. It's affordable to be experimental. And for me, for the business development side, that's also very exciting. So it's interesting stuff. So look, we're going to talk through the, the more specific things that you offer a host of different services to businesses now. So we're going to work our way through that in the next episode. But for now, I just want to say a big, big thank you to you for coming back on the show and opening our eyes to all the possibilities in this this rich world. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.